page 72. Okay. And let's begin with that first question. favorite gift to give this Christmas? What is your favorite gift to give? Does anyone? Okay, Sister Nancy. I made something for my granddaughter and uh, we hadn't talked about anything in many, many times and she would say something about it and I just say nothing. But I gave it to her for the Christmas and she was so happy, just bothering me. Thank you. Okay. Good. Anybody else have a favorite gift that they give at Christmas? Daily devotionals. Okay, that's good. Uh, people can use those in the long term. Okay, let's look at um, Bible Meets Life on page 73. Someone want to read that please? Neiman Marcus, the Dallas-based department store, has offered some unusual gifts over the years in its Christmas catalog, such as a complimentary pair of Rolls-Royce limited edition cars, a custom suit of armor, a Noah's Ark, complete with a selection of animals. Please allow four years for delivery. His and her airplanes, a pair of mummy cases, and one includes a mummy. A submarine. What started as a publicity stunt in 1959 to attract customers became an annual event. What is especially amazing is that people have actually bought many of these. You may have received some unusual gifts from well-meaning friends, but it's safe to assume none of them was a fully operational submarine. <laughs> Even Jesus received some gifts as a child that we might consider unusual. But the men who, bought, who brought them to Jesus thought otherwise, for their gifts were both symbolic and expressive of their great worship of the King of Kings. As we observe their worship, we will see that Jesus also deserves our worship. Okay, so today we'll discover some things about the original Christmas gift givers and the gifts they delivered to Jesus. So what is the point of our lesson today? Jesus is Lord and he deserves our worship. Okay, he is Lord and he deserves our worship. Father, we thank you and we praise you uh, for the great lengths uh, that you went to to offer the gift of your son Jesus to us. Help us to continually appreciate him as the greatest gift of all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, let's look at the first paragraph, first uh, verse we have, uh, and that is Matthew 2, 1 to 6. Someone can read that, please. 
after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born King of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Amen. Okay, before we move on to the paragraphs, notice uh, some time had elapsed between Matthew 1 and 2. Following Jesus' birth in chapter 1, Magi, or wise men in the east, saw the star, and the star indicated indicating that this child was special. Now, these were star watchers. They watch stars all the time. Okay, but this particular star indicated to them that there was something out of the ordinary about this child that they had heard about. This child was special. Uh, then they needed time to journey from, the, from a far distance to reach the child. Great distance. Uh, paintings displayed the wise men in the manger with the shepherds are not biblically accurate, but rather were a compression of time artists used in the, Middle East, in the Middle Ages to portray the birth of Jesus in one clear painting. I'm sure you've heard that before, right? Because the time that, by the time the wise men reached Jesus, he was probably about one year old. Uh, he wasn't a baby in a manger. Okay, continue reading, Sister Beth. Okay, you want the keywords? Oh, yeah, let's look at the keywords. Okay, well, wise men are counselors to the kings of the East who mixed Zoroastrianism with astrology to advise the kings. Okay. It's a common image from countless Christmas cards. Three men, always three, wearing turbans, riding camels, and silhouetted against a night sky with a huge, magnificent star blazing above the horizon. During the Middle Ages, the legend developed that these wise men were literally kings whose names were Caspar, Balthazar, and Melchior. Culture has perpetuated that idea with the old carol, We Three Kings, because <laughs> some have thought they represented the three sons of Noah. One of them is often pictured as an Ethiopian. The truth is, we know none of this for sure. Let's focus on what we do know. Men arrived from the East to worship the king. Scholars have not been able to precisely identify the wise men from the East. By New Testament times, the term loosely applied to a wide variety of men interested in dreams, astrology, and magic, and dedicated to studying books, thought to contain mysterious references to the future and the light. They likely were Gentiles of high position in their country. Apparently, these wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, spurred on by calculations from the stars. God had given them a special revelation, probably through signs in the sky. Their understanding of the Christ child also may have come through contact 
with Jewish scholars who had migrated east to their country. These scholars could have had the copies of Old Testament scrolls that further aided them on their journey. As a result, these wise men may have been well aware of Balaam's prophecy, a star will come from Jacob and a scepter will arise from Israel, Numbers 24, 17. As this group of men entered Jerusalem, their appearance may have caused a stir, but what surely caught everyone's attention were their words, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at its rising and have come to worship him. These men were Gentiles, but they were seeking the Jewish king and not just any king. Here was a king with a star that pointed to him. It was one thing to bow and pay homage to a king, but this was a king they desired to worship. Worship carried the idea of falling down, prostrating oneself, and kissing the feet or the hem of the garment of the one honored. Psalm 95.6 describes worship well. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Jesus himself clarified that worship is something done in spirit and in truth in John 4.24. The wise men present a picture of what it means to worship. It likely was a long trek for them to come to Jerusalem, but they stayed the course to bow down before the Lord. That truth in itself shows that they were true seekers after God because when he spoke to them, in whatever way it was, they heard and responded. Their commitment to worship is one that pushes beyond the quitting point. The wise men probably came to Jerusalem because it was the capital city. Where else would you find a king besides the nation's capital? Indeed, they did find a king, King Herod, and he was deeply disturbed to hear that another king was in the vicinity. Not everyone shared the wise men's desire to worship the new king. King Herod made a pretense of it, but that's all it was, a pretense. Herod gathered the chief priests and scribes, all the religious leaders, and asked them where the Christ would be born. They referred to Micah's 8th century prophecy that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem. Micah 5.2, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, you are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from ancient times. Okay, very good. Question number two. Well, a couple of things about the wise men. Uh, the wise men uh, from a, were from a region uh, believed to be the, the region of the Medes and the Persians. That's one idea. The announcement that a king was born of Jewish lineage was a threat to Herod. Uh, and, uh, and Herod was a real vicious man. Um, he he got rid of anybody who threatened his throne. And so it wouldn't be a surprise that uh, this new king that was announced would be a threat to Herod. Uh, and Herod, because Herod was not Jewish. Uh, he was what is called Idumene. And then he also noticed that both pagan and Jewish accounts associate the births of great men with stars and planetary phenomena. 
throughout the ages. We have seen that over time. Uh, so look at question number two. What are the implications for us, implications for us that Jesus is king? What are the implications for us that Jesus is king? Any thoughts? Hmm? When we worship and bow down and kneel before him, as we said, he is our Lord and Okay. Randy, back in those ancient times, gifts was considered according to the person that they was given it to. Mm -hmm. Gold represented a king. Mm -hmm. Frankincense, frankincense, and myrrh only represent the birth of a king. Mm -hmm. um, therefore, these wise men they knew that. So therefore, they themselves were not ignorant men. They were very intelligent men. Because they studied the celestial body, the heavenly body, so they knew what they were doing. And of course, I guess, being who they were, they carried apart their gifts with them. Mm -hmm. So gold represented kings, not commoners. Okay. Anyone else? He is our sovereign. He is ruler, and he's our authority, our, our ruler in our hearts. Okay. okay, he's the king of our hearts, the king of our lives, and he's a benevolent king. Um, he's not a vicious dictator like Herod was. Okay, the next, uh, we will see Herod's scheme to find out more about the birth of the Messiah. So let's look at those other verses we have. Verses 7 and 8. Someone read those verses, please. Any takers? Going once? Going twice? Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too can go and worship him. Okay. So Herod said secretly, summon the wise men to confidently meet with him. Uh, this may have flattered the wise men to some extent, uh, but the purpose was to scheme a way to eliminate the threat to his throne. He really wasn't interested in worshiping this child. He wanted to find out where he was. And so uh, God enlightened uh, the hearts of the wise men and told them, don't fall for that. Don't fall for that. Okay, let's look at the paragraphs. Go ahead, sister. Herod secretly summoned the wise men. Why was he disturbed and why a secret meeting? Herod was not the rightful king from David's line. He was not a descendant from the line of Jacob, Isaac's son from whom the nation of Israel arose, but from Jacob's twin brother, Esau. That made Herod an Edomite. 
a group with whom the Jews had long-standing enmity. So, if someone had rightfully been born king, Herod knew his job was in jeopardy. This private meeting allowed the king to question the men without onlookers or curiosity seekers. He may have told the wise men of his desire to worship the Messiah, but he didn't want anyone else to hear it. The wise men were not aware of the king's real motives, but God clearly was. What appeared to be right to them was, at its very core, terribly wrong. After the wise men saw the child with Mary, his mother, and worshipped him in Bethlehem, God used a dream to direct them away from King Herod, Matthew 2, verse 12. Herod's real motive became horrifically exposed to everyone after he was outsmarted by the wise men and ordered the wholesale slaughter of all the boys two years and under in the area around Bethlehem, verse 16. Superficial worship was not something new. Speaking through the prophet Isaiah centuries earlier, God said, These people approach me with their speeches to honor me with lip service. Yet their hearts are far from me, and human rules direct their worship of me. Isaiah 29, verse 13. In Matthew 15, verse 8, Jesus quoted Isaiah to show superficial worship was rampant during his ministry. Unfortunately, superficial worship is still among us. We don't have to go far to hear spiritual talk and church lingo that is void of real worship. Let's do all we can to follow the wise men's example and learn to authentically worship Jesus. Okay. Um, isn't it amazing that the wise men would take the initiative to go so far to investigate the birth of Jesus while those who were so close and who knew the prophecies wouldn't even travel five miles. And then those who were right under the nose, right under his nose wouldn't even budge. Notice some of the, the, the three types of people. Those who didn't know Jesus, but who went to extraordinary lengths to search for him and worship him, the kings of the East. Right? They didn't know who he was, but look how far they traveled. Miles and miles and miles, hundreds of miles. And then uh, there were those who lived nearby who knew the prophecies, but were not inclined to worship him. Those who knew what the scriptures taught, they knew all the prophecies about this new king, this new child that would come, the king, but they weren't interested. And then there were those who knew about him, and wanted to destroy him. Herod knew all about him, but he had no interest, no interest in wanting to do anything but kill him, get rid of him. But let's look at this worship issue. Question number three. How can you tell the difference between genuine worship and going through the motions? How can you tell the difference? If you know the truth of God's word, um, you should be able to differentiate between genuine and ingenuine. Okay. But as said, if you know the truth of God's word, you should be able to differentiate between the true, the genuine, and the untrue or the false. Anyone else? Um, in general, I, I think God knows our hearts. Mm -hmm. So, we can appear to be worshiping, by maybe what we're singing or saying or our posture. Mm -hmm. 
but God knows our hearts. So there what does the scripture say about how we worship? He that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice the last uh, sentence there in that paragraph. Let's do all we can to follow the wise men's example and learn to authentically worship Jesus. The spiritual church, the spiritual talk and church lingo doesn't really cut it because anybody can do that. All right, so let's, uh, let's follow the example uh, that the wise men uh, gave. Okay, next we'll see the joy of the wise men as they followed the star to the place where Jesus resided. Verses 9 to 11. Anybody want to read that? After hearing the king, they went on their way. And there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came... Uh, and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Continue. Do you ever stop and look at the stars? Mm -hmm. Why has been not just one particular star? The Greek word Esther is the normal word for star, but something was surely unique about this celestial body that initially caught their attention and alerted the wise men to the Jewish Messiah. Some have proposed that the star could have even been the glory of God, perhaps something akin to the pillar <clears throat> of fire that led the Israelites through the wilderness, Exodus 13:21. Next page. Top, yeah. Now the now the wise men saw the amazing star again, and it led them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. Bethlehem is only about five miles south of Jerusalem. Joseph and Mary all, almost surely stayed in Bethlehem until Mary could travel again. They probably stayed there for the forty days necessary to complete Mary's purification. From Bethlehem, they could make the trip to Jerusalem to offer the sacrifice for Mary's purification, Luke 2.22. Stars naturally turned from east to west across God's heavens, but this unique manifestation apparently traveled south. When the wise men saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Matthew was generous with the super superlatives in capturing their strong feelings. <laughs> The Greek phrase is literally translated overjoyed beyond measure. We don't know when they first saw the star, how much research they had to do, or how long it took them to travel. But it's not hard to imagine that after all the time and effort they had expended, they were jubilant. Modern portrayals of the nativity almost always show the wise men visiting Jesus on the night of his birth. <clears throat> However, Herod had all male babies two years old and under in Bethlehem killed, Matthew 2.16, indicating that up to two years had passed since the wise men first saw the star, and possibly since Jesus' birth. Furthermore, Joseph and Mary apparently were living in a house by this time, and it was to this house that the star led them. The wise men presented their gifts to Jesus. This verb was used in the New Testament in connection with offerings to God. Bringing gifts was particularly important 
in the ancient Near East when approaching a superior. Next page, last one. A gift for his royalty, gold is the finest and most precious metal and showed great value from the giver to the recipient. A gift for his deity, frankincense is a glittering, odorous gum may obtain by making incisions in the bark of several trees. It was essentially an aromatic used in sacrificial offerings. A gift for his humanity. Myrrh was a much valued spice and perfume used in embalming and perfuming ointments. The wise men gave lavish gifts that perhaps symbolize the wealth of all the nations that one day will be given to the king. These gifts certainly reflected the wise men's worship and devotion. Worship must be our response to the Messiah as well. Okay, so on the map we see Bethlehem, Jerusalem and Bethlehem and there's noted there's about five miles between those two places. Uh, so we note that we, we note uh, how uh, how far or what the distance light was like uh, so that we can have an idea. Question number five. What are some ways we can best express worship to Jesus? We saw how the wise men expressed uh, their worship in the gifts uh, that they gave and the gifts were symbolic uh, and also significant and they were not cheap gifts. Okay, so let's look at that question again. What are some ways we can best express our worship of Jesus? By giving our very best to Him. By giving our very best to Him. Do we do that at times? Do we find that people give Jesus the worst? What happens when people uh, ask for donations or contributions in Jesus name do we sometimes does he always does he always get the best sometimes they only make it for their own benefits when they ask us on watch it there <laughs> <laughs> they give based on what they're going to get in return okay so how do we express our worship I think by being sincere sincere Yes. Okay. Very what about sacrificial? Not only sincere, but sacrificial. Look at uh, page 78. Section says digging deeper, following a star. The Greek word magus is Persian in origin and referred to one belonging to a priestly caste. One who was an expert in astrology and dream interpretation. In New Testament times, the Mogus, the Magus, was usually used in a negative sense. Some scholars believe the wise men from the east journeyed from Babylon or Persia. Others believe the wise men may have come from Arabia. The land was due east to the due east. The roads did not lead in from the north as Babylon or Persia, and had a reputation for its frankincense and myrrh. Another question is, what kind of star or heavenly phenomenon did the wise men see? Astrologers looked for omens in the heavens at the birth of kings and famous people. The Greek word Ister most often refers to stars, not planets or meteors. It could have been a triple conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, a supernova, or a supernatural one-time phenomenon. So that's a little insight there. 
uh, to help us understand what these wise men really had to go through. Uh, it was no small thing uh, for them. And, uh, and then the, the words that described their joy, uh, overjoyed beyond measure. They were fanatical. They were, they were crazy with joy uh, for what they saw because they'd been looking for this for a long time. Ever, ever had that experience? You've been looking for something and you finally found it and you're just beside yourself with joy? Think about the most extensive experience you've ever had like that and it gives you an idea of what the wise men uh, would, have, would have felt and what they were going through at the time. Brother, I'm old with this one. I think that what we're looking at that these men were experienced men in the celestial body. Mm-hmm. Second in that, the angel appeared, told them what was taking place, and second in that, there was a host of angels praising God. So they had a lot of background to go on. <laughs> so they wasn't just walking around in cycles. They, they knew where they was going and they they had proof to, to identify where to go. Mm-hmm. And then the gifts that they were given, gifts of royalty, gifts of deity, and gifts for his humanity, all significant to who he would become and who he is. Okay, let's look at live it out as our time is going here. Uh, page, seven, page 81. As you reflect on worshiping Christ this week, consider three I- these ideas to enrich your spiritual life. Look. Slow down and reflect on some aspects of God's beauty and creation. As you see something in God's handiwork like a star, let God lead you to worship Christ. Look for ways to pursue worshiping God. And then invite. Invite others to join you in worshiping the King. One way to start is by bringing them to your Bible study group. Encourage their participation and let them find Christ as they meet and worship with others. And then thirdly, give. Just as the wise men gave gifts to the king, we also express our worship through, through giving. Making a commitment to give toward the ministry and mission of his kingdom and work. So we get three ideas that comes out of this lesson that we can make application uh, to our lives with. Look, invite, and give. I'm sure we could do all of those. You could choose one that the Lord would probably have you do, or you could do all three. Amen? Amen. Any closing thoughts or observations? This brings us to uh, the closing of Unit 1 of our study. And uh, next we'll get into engaging culture in an ever-changing world, which will be an interesting one. Any closing thoughts? I would, you know, um, I've mentioned before how I like stars. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some reports, ancient, you know, old reports, Mm -hmm. um, that there was a star Mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago now Mm -hmm. uh, there in the Middle East. And uh, they gave account of it. Now, you know, these are astrologers and so on of that day. Mm -hmm. And um, the fact that the star was there, uh, it then disappeared. And so as to not give any confusion in their way of thinking, uh, there was only one Christ child. And, uh, and there, could have been, there could have been no other, the way it was. But there are those reports. Mm-hmm. But when you do look at the heavens today, I mean, it is amazing. It really is. I, 
early morning. I was mm. telling them this week, um, when you get up early and you look toward the east, you see two very bright stars. Mm -hmm. uh, one is Venus, mm -hmm. and it's not a star, it's a planet, but the other is Jupiter. Mm -hmm. And they were sitting the other morning, Jupiter was just below the moon, it was a little crescent. And then mm -hmm. Venus was shining very, very bright. It's mm -hmm. very, very bright this time of year. And I thought, my goodness, you know, the handiwork of God is such a wonderful thing. And, it's, and it never changes. It never changes. That's right. And then as you get into the night sky, Mars is very bright right now. Mm -hmm. It's red. And... Uh, you mean it, we can see it red? Yes, you can see the redness of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it'll be more in the western, almost overhead, around eight or eight or nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. It's clear sky. It's it's amazing, but it never changes. Mm -hmm. And uh, all placed there by God. And, That's right. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing thing. The heavens declare the yeah. glory of God, yes. and the firmament displays. I like to say the magnificence of His handiwork. Yeah. It's amazing. Father, help us to recall the joy people experience when they come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Give us opportunities this year to share our faith in Christ with others. Bless us as we separate. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.